in a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. It's April 8th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 35 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from the middle of a pile of chocolate wrappers. Yes, because, um, <laughs> you know, we, you could tell young children and people of lesser mind that they should not spoil their dinners on Easter chocolatey goodness, but nobody has to tell us. Yes, we're adults. We can eat chocolate for breakfast if we want. Yes, and we can did maybe and possibly we possibly sort of jumped the easter bunny yeah there was that mugging i bit him in the ass <laughs> was it tasty yes it was mm, chocolate chocolate okay anyways <laughs> moving anyway. on from confessions yes two avengers in knitting actually that sounded like two avengers in knitting that would make a really <laughs> that would make avengers a really cool in knitting that would be a really cool comic strip two adventures yes i finished the baby blanket We had a little bit of a Lord of the Rings marathon yesterday, which was perfect knitting time, especially as it was somewhere where I could get away from elfling and husband and (laughs) anything else that likes to try and take my yarn. Yes. And yay, 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 managed to finish the baby blanket. I, I haven't worked on this for that long. It's only been like two weeks. Oh, wow. And it just goes really flat fast. I mean, it was air and weight to begin with. Yeah, it's a simple lace pattern. That you memorize easily. So, yeah. It has it's just, a rhythm to it. It flew by really fast, and because it's a baby blanket, you just knit until you're done, you run out of yarn. Yeah, pretty thing. much. So, yay, baby blanket is finished. I still have to weave in the ends, but, you know, what Meh. the heck. You know, I've got until May to do that. Which is, like, four weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. And, because I said I would, I started the second Watson sock. I have... You has a toe. It has a toe and toe increase round. So now I can move into the regular chart. and Looks just like knit... you've got one of the little Vs. Yep. And just already. knit up the foot. And because my foot is not so big, I have one, two, three, four... For five V's with the inclusion of the toe increase round. Yeah, five of the knit and pearl patterned arrows. Yes, and at that point I'm at the heel, so I probably would need to start a little sooner for the gusset. I would need to start at four V's. My foot, she is not so big, but that works well for knitting. So that's me, and I'm going to finish Watson before I cast on Cadence, because I, the second Cadence, because I know I really enjoyed Cadence, and I know if... It was just left up to me. I would just probably go to Cadence and Watson would be left, you know, on his own without mm. a, without a date. That color still makes me just, the Something deep in my stomach gives a little tug towards it when I see it. Deep and primal? Yes. I have a visceral response to certain colors. Teal being one of them. Yes. Especially like that. Oh, it's so rich and wonderful. I'll and put my sock away Yes, now. put it away. So there we go. That's what I've been doing. I have, I got, I've done quite a bit this week, surprisingly enough, considering like there were three days where I was not home except to sleep. But yesterday during the Lord of the Rings marathon. Yay, marathon. Woo, three movies, 12 hours. I can't believe you. <laughs> yeah, saw, you weren't even there for the whole thing. No, I wasn't. Um, and I saw when you were putting in the last disc and I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Now? At like eight o'clock at night. 
No, last disc would have been like 10. You was freaking I started lady. Return of the King at like 8 o'clock. But it was awesome. Uh, yes, it was. It, it was, was fun. But yeah, so I worked on the 100 Acre Wood Socks pretty much the entire time mm-hmm. when I wasn't distracted by my computer and tweeting about it. And so I managed to finish those. Yay! Yay! So I have another pair of socks. I just need to weave in the ends. And then the other project I've been working on a lot this week is a new project and one where I am in certain finishing stages. Basically, these are the Hopsalots slippers by Tiny Owl Knits. They're little bunny slippers. They're cute. They're felted bunny slippers. And you use DK or I use worsted weight, Patton's classic wool held together. Mm-hmm. So on like size eight millimeter needles, so they knit up really fast. Um, the and thing squishy. That, yes, very squishy. The thing that doesn't go quite so fast is the felting part of it. Okay. Which I did some of it last night after watching Lord of the Rings. What? Um, I was like, I should felt these so that they'll dry out tomorrow and I can have bunny slippers. Bunny tomorrow. slippers for Easter Monday, if not late Easter Sunday. And yeah, it just, it wasn't going fast enough. You just decided to do this after a 12-hour marathon. Yes. I was high on the crazy. What can I say? That's the only explanation for it. And I had the adrenaline rush after watching the movies so that I wasn't actually tired at the moment. But yeah, it, it, I was at the stage of the felting where the, the fabric, the stitches are starting to disappear and to sort of meld together, but not quite to the part where the item actually shrinks. They're still huge. So I will have to do more felting and hopefully they will actually get to the shrinky part. And I did find a better method. I'm hand felting them, partly so I can make sure that they fit properly. Also because we have a front loader washing machine. And I found a better method. (laughs) After doing felting for a while last night, I searched and found a better method that involves a bucket and a plunger and basically using a butter churn sort of thing. It's actually on Nitty. The technique? Yeah. It's from the fall 2007 issue. It's called Felting in the Old Way, sort of. But basically you take a, you get a bucket and a plunger and some Tennis balls. Yeah. She uses tennis balls, though she says, you know, she actually finds you might not actually need them, okay. depending on the size of your object. But basically, you stick it in the bottom of your shower or your bathtub. And just go for and it. And you plunge. Okay. You just churn, like a butter churn. Where's her description, actually? It says, this is also a great opportunity to get out some aggression. I always feel a little like Laura Ingalls Wilder at the butter churn when she's had a bad day and Alfonso is being a jerk face. So yeah, basically, you use a sort of butter churning motion. And you're trying to, to mimic the action of a washing machine. Okay. So you do have to do it fairly quickly and with some vigor. So work up them biceps. Yeah. And put a bonnet on or something. But this way too, it's easier to like reach in and, you know, check it. Okay, that's true. To make sure you don't overfelt it. She said the one plus and a minus to this method is there's a little, there's very little chance of you overfelting. There is a chance of you underfelting something though, Mm. because you are. You just get tired. Yeah, you just get tired. So. But I've already felted them a little bit, so maybe doing it this way will help. And then today, I spent a good part of the afternoon watching TV movies and working on the Vlad shawl. I think I've mentioned this before, but I actually haven't mentioned it recently because I just have, it's just been put to the side and I've been doing mostly socks and stuff because my work schedule's been crazy. And that pattern's by Tammy Bailey and I'm using Indigo Dragonfly Merino Cashmere Nylon yarn for that in the Grr, arg, mutant enemy colorway. 
that really dark black and purple. Appropriately gothy, I yes, thought. Yes, it is beautiful. And it was conveniently within just slightly more than the yardage that it calls for. It's really neat so far. It is. It's quite lovely. It has a, quite a ways to go, though. So other than that... Oh, yes. I got some more work done on my movie socks. Oh, did you? Yes. Really? These are the plain stockinette socks that rock socks in the sock hopping colorway that I'm saving to only do at movies because I'm going to be seeing so many. And that way I can just knit the stockinette in the round while I'm watching the movie. So this tells us you actually went to see a movie. Yes. Ooh. So segueing into Geek Squee, I went to see Titanic 3D on Wednesday. And? Oh my god! <laughs> now I should mention that you will never, despite all the people I've seen online, they'll be like, oh, Titanic's such a crappy movie, mama. I will never actually say that it is a bad movie. The reason being that I have been a Titanic buff since I was 12. So, if nothing else, the one thing that was huge for me the first time I saw it back in 1997 was that all these things, these rooms and this ship that I'd been looking at and I'd been looking at tiny little black and white pictures of for years mm -hmm. was suddenly in full color and looked like you could almost step into them. So I, if I ever, you know, if I watch the movie, if for nothing else... It's a subject of passion for Yes. Me. Yeah. If for nothing else, I watch it for the setting and for, you know, the sets and all the little details and everything like that, as well as for some of the historical characters, the ones that James Cameron didn't change for dramatic effect. But this time, seeing it in 3D... Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It was, wow. The 3D conversion is really good. And you would hope it would be, considering it took them a year to do it, and 300 artists going frame by frame. Yeah. There are some parts where it doesn't quite work as well, but that's probably because, of course, when you're filming a 2D movie, there are certain ways that shots are, f like, there's a lot of, there's a few shots where, you know, your actor's in the front, in the foreground. Right. Will be in focus. focus. That was the word I was looking for. Yes. Your actors in the foreground will be in focus. But then if there's something far in a far distance behind them or, you know, not terribly close behind them, it'll be all blurry. Right. Because your focus is on the actors. Right. You know, you're not focusing on what's behind them. Especially, like I said, if it's, if there's nothing in that middle distance. Right. So obviously there are certain shots, especially when they're on the deck right. of the ship, where you don't notice the 3D as much because it's just their faces. Right. And there's not as much of a, a big contrast, though there are times where, like, you can see, like, little ringlets of hair sticking out from someone's, from Kate Winslet's face. Really? Like, you can tell. And one of the main things, the really interesting things is it's not just, like, a lot of the, the 3D post-production conversion that you've seen or I've seen, it looks sort of like two-dimensional characters that just are bumped up from the background. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, you know, in, you know, chi a child's little theater. Yeah, where they have like paper mode. Yeah, they have like little paper characters on popsicle sticks that they move around against a backdrop. This one, there was lots of times where, no, you could say, you could guess like, okay, that, you know, that rope or whatever is probably two feet in front of them. That hair is probably sticking out like an inch away from her forehead. Like, it's... You get that much more of a sense of a depth. Okay. And then, the of course, the part where the 3D is really just, oh my god, is during the sinking. Right. At the end. It's... It was... So there were some shots that were pretty... Wow. <laughs> Hard-hitting? Yeah. Well, because... I mean, the one that I think of mainly is because, of course, everybody knows, and some people, you know, still laugh at, the, the shot of the dude who falls off the back of the ship and whacks off the propeller. 
mm-hmm. propeller guy. That one, you, the way you see it is you see it from an overhead shot of the guy falling and hits the propeller and bounces off it. When you see that in 3D, you really get a sense of the height and how far down that water is. Wow. It's really cool. Same sort of, a lot of things like um, the I'm the king of the world shot and some of the other stuff, like at the bow, again, you get sort of, you get that idea of distance between, you know, the, the deck and the water and it looks really amazing. The, the main times when I was like, oh my God, was just, you see the grand staircase in 3D and it looks like you just walk into it. Oh. Or I had, re- like, I remembered the bit at the end when you see, of course, you see old Rose. Yes. Asleep. Yes. Maybe dead. Happy. <laughs> different happily in her bed yeah warm in her bed and then it's sort of i remember with the ending is of course you see the younger rose go into the grand staircase and she reunites with jack and all that other stuff i had forgotten that in between those two there was the shot of the camera goes down though you see the wreck sort of come out of the darkness Mm -hmm. and the camera goes down one of the adec promenade hallways and it gradually changes from the wreck into the actual ship i had forgotten about that shot until just before it happened i'm like oh my god i'm gonna get to see that in 3d it does it looked like you you could ah you could see down the hallway so it was it was a good translation yes it was it was more immersive especially in certain instances like i said in certain in certain places you wouldn't really notice And in some places it was noticeable, but in a very, a very immersive way, not a gimmicky sort of way. Because two, I have to, I mean, a lot of people make fun of like the 2D conversions to 3D. But one of the things I do have to wonder is for a movie like this, especially... When you film it in 2D, you don't do all those little things where it's like, hey, here's something reaching out at the screen at you. True. Or all those other things that you can, that some directors tend to are, do with 3D movies. Gimmicky, yeah. Just to be like, look, we have 3D. Let me poke you in the eyeball, practically. But you, of course, if you film, originally film a movie in 2D, 2D, you're not thinking of that sort of gimmicky stuff. Right. Now, obviously, this tends to be a special case with the post-production again, because It's James Cameron, and he's kind of nitpicky about things like that. To say the least. So it's not necessarily a, yes, let's convert way more 2D movies to 3D, provided they don't do the right conversion. But in this case, I mean, there are certain movies, and this is one of them, where it's like, if any movie's going to be converted to 3D, it, it should be huge epics like this. Okay. Like, can you imagine seeing Lord of the Rings? Oh my god, in 3D. If this version of 3, like if this 3D conversion was done on it. Wow. I just got seriously happy in my pants. I'm, I'm like imagining arrows going by. Ugh. I'm imagining leaves and foliage. I'm imagining, wow. Those amazing landscapes. Yes. And like the waterfall. When you see the Shire or when you see Edoras in Rohan. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> It would also be kind of crazy, so I don't think... Pe- and Peter Jackson, by the sound of it, has had his limit of crazy on that scale, so I don't think he'd ever do it. Don't say never. And actually, speaking of Titanic 3D, unlike certain other movies that have been re-released, where the director has not been able to do to resist doing some, ten- some tinkering with it, this one, there's no extra new footage, there's no changes to the story. The only thing that is changed is something epically nerdy, because the only... The only thing that has changed is something that Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist, host of Nova Science Now, and he works for the Department of Astrophysics at the American Museum of Natural History in New York. Apparently after Titanic came out, 
and I have heard this in an interview done with Neil deGrasse Tyson, as well as now this article, which shows it from James Cameron's point of view. According to James Cameron, quoted in this io9.com article, Neil deGrasse Tyson sent him a snarky email saying that at that time of year, on that date... That position in the Atlantic, because of course we know all that. Right. The stars that Rose sees when she's just floating on that little piece of wood, and you see the the actual stars from her point of view, mm-hmm. is not what she would have seen. They're incorrect. <laughs> yes. And he even said something like, with, his, with James Cameron's reputation as a perfectionist, supposedly he should have known that and should have put the right star field in. So, tisk, tisk, tisk. <laughs> so Cameron sent an email back to him and said, all right, send me the right stars for that exact time and I'll put it in the movie. So the only thing that has been changed is that star field. Okay. <laughs> they redid that shot so that the right stars are in place. Nice. I just love it that it's something that nerdy. But yes, I, I have... Cameron says it was a snarky email. Having seen interviews with Neil deGrasse Tyson where he's talked about it. Yeah, I can believe it. he's not exaggerating that it was snarky or that it's not you know up to interpretation because i don't know if he played i don't know if tyson has maybe played it up a bit for interviews but he kind of goes bonkers when he describes this he's like it's it's wrong what you could check that why is it wrong so yes that error has been fixed Okay, fine. Certain other ones that are in the movie can't be without redoing the plot. But yes, not getting into the rivet counter nitpicking. Yes. <laughs> I believe you have some geek squee. Some movie geek squee. I have movie geek squee in front of me. We have Marvel has announced that Captain America sequel has been set for April 2014. Yay! And it will include the original Chris Evans as Captain America, and it basically will consist of him still trying to affiliate himself with the modern world, and it will mm-hmm. pick up where the Avengers movie leaves off. Mm-hmm. And what the only, that's the only thing that people can deduce from this is that he survives the movie. Yay. Well, yeah. Yay, Captain America. I didn't think they were going to kill Captain America off. Both for reasons of... Well, then again, this is a Joss Whedon movie. Yeah. <laughs> one never knows. One never freaking knows. He continues his relationship in, with S.H.I.E.L.D. and with Nick Fury. However, this will not be the first Avengers sequel mm-hmm. after the Avengers movie. This is starting to sound like a game, like a code. There is going to be Thor 2, which will be released November in 2013 and will have the Game of Thrones director, Alan Taylor, taking over for Kenneth Branagh. So Thor will actually be the first sequel to happen after the Avenger movie. I do remember hearing about them doing an Iron Man 3 as well. Really? Yes. I did not hear that. Let me look it up right now. Uh, pre-production. Filming begins in May 2012 for Iron Man 3. Seriously? It's going to be like Indiana Jones. Except more. Because it's gonna, it, would be like, it would be like Indiana Jones if all the other characters in Indiana Jones... Had their own Had their own movies. Sequels. Or more like... Well, the other characters in Indiana Jones aren't as big as Indy. Let's say more like if Star Wars. If then Leia had gotten her own movie. And Han got his and, own movie. Well, if Leia... Luke, Han, and Darth Vader had had their individual movies. Right. Then they did the Star Wars movie. Yeah. Then they had their individual movies. Okay. See, that would be the other thing where it's like, okay, I I highly doubt that Captain America would die in the first movie. One, because of, like, storytelling, fans will kill us sort of things. And the other reason the because... will riot. Because despite this being Joss Whedon, I don't think Marvel would ever, ever kill off a bankable character like this. Yeah. Not without having a way of resurrecting him. A la 
Superman. A la half the damn true, characters true, true. in the comic book verse. But yeah, um, so it looks like there's going to be lots more of Avengers adventure, adventures. I, I can go with, okay, I know that Captain America is still trying to figure out what he's going to be doing in the modern world. I'm yeah. trying to figure out what they're going to do with Thor, if they're going to continue with any of the Norse myths and such. I mean, obviously it's going to continue after the Avengers movie, so Loki will have been defeated. But what are they going to do? I'm sorry, I'm just a big mythology buff, so I'm, yeah. kind, of, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I kind of have to wonder what Thor would do, because, like, you could bring keep in bringing the Norse myths, the Norse mythology, but you'd have to find a different way of doing it. Yeah. Rather than just, like, here's another Norse god who's come in and is going to screw things up. Yeah. Because that could get old. <laughs> sort of like, I know it, with the in the Down in Front podcast that I've mentioned a few times, when they did their commentaries for Iron Man 2, they sort of mentioned part of the limitation of Iron Man is that it tends to be, the villain tends to be another dude in a suit. Mm. <laughs> or in a kind of suit. Again, <laughs> a similar sort of villain, because you have to have a villain that is a match, strength-wise, to the iron, to Iron Man. Yeah. Or for Thor in this case. But we'll see. It'll okay. certainly be there's certainly stories they can tell with these characters as individuals rather than, you know, in a group. Especially for things like if Captain America is more about or if a large part of it is about, you know, how he's trying to fit in with the modern world. Right. You can't spend a lot of time on that in a movie with the other Avengers in it. Yeah. Maybe they'll take Thor and dump him in the middle of Egyptology. But then speaking of the Avengers, yes, we got an Avengers clip online this week. Oh, and it's a beauty, too. I think I squealed out loud at work when I saw that tweet. I was like, oh, want to see, want to see. Oh, it's so good, too. I especially kind of like that the clip that we get is Black Widow. Yeah. Not Captain America, Thor, Hulk, or Iron Man. Especially because I had seen, when people were talking about the movie, I had seen people wondering, like, what is Black Widow going to have to do? Or what is what is her storyline, her character going to be like? Because we have all these other superheroes that have had their own movies. Right. And she hasn't really been fully explained yet. Yeah. Or explored. But in this shot, we get some wonderful ass-kicking, as well as some very Whedon-esque humor. Yes. And there is mention of Hawkeye. That's it. right. That's right. And maybe maybe that's going to be part of her character, because she's just like, oh god, yeah, these guys have got me tied up. And that then when Coulson tells her that Hawkeye's in the trouble, then she's like, kicking ass! Yep. <laughs> My favorite bit, of course, is, and of course... You know, go see the video if you haven't watched it yep. yet. I'm not going to bother being all like, spoiler, mark this time. Because, uh, like, hello. It's a trailer. But, it's, yeah. it's meant to be seen. The, the Like, the concept is that she is tied to a chair, you know, the usual style, hands behind her, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, goons. And she is, she is completely nonchalant with the whole thing and quite comfortable, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And just more, like, irritated. Yeah. Irritated it's at being It's like interrupted. someone missing the bus as yeah. opposed to, you know... Look, you cannot talk, and she's squeezing the phone between her shoulder and her cheek, going, look, you, I can't talk to you right now, I'm in the middle of this. Yeah, and then Agent Coulson tells her that Hawkeye has been... Compromised. Compromised, yeah. And that's when she says, I gotta put you on hold. And she proceeds to kick ass. <laughs> My favorite, favorite bit is how they show a shot of Coulson just sitting there with the phone. And he's just sort of nodding to himself like he's humming in his head. You know, and meanwhile, you hear all this fighting going on the other phone, and he's the other end of the phone, and he's just like so nonchalant waiting for her to finish yep. up. I cannot that... wait to see this movie. Which only proves that she has the reputation of being a badass. Yes. I love it. Slightly less than a month. Love it, love it, love it. I Can't wait. wait. 
You know what? My son got, I know this is completely irrelevant to the Avengers, but my son got a Green Lantern mask in his Happy Meal. Yeah. I may just wear that. Just because it's a superhero something. I don't have a, I don't have a Black Widow outfit. I don't have an anything. Yes, but then you would have tons of nerds coming up to you being like, you yeah, know, it's Green Lantern, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta uh, account for myself then. Okay. Yes. We also have, in the world of the steampunk, anybody who's anybody in the steampunk world knows that World Steam Expo is happening May 25th to the 28th this year. There is going to be a Miss World Steam pageant if you are going to be there you have to be 18 years or older and if you want to find out more about it you can go to worldsteamexpo.com it's listed under the events to find the pageant you do get i love this part you get a brass and leather crown <laughs> very appropriate but what you have to do to enter copy this form below and you you know it does have your name your persona's name because obviously in the steampunk world you are doctor or miss whatever, whatever. Phone number, birthday, email. It asks you a couple of questions about steampunk. And then the very last question is, in a fight between Abe Lincoln and Captain Nemo, who would win and how? Oh, dear. Oh, my goodness. Is this going to be the steampunk pageants version of the how would you create world peace? Yes. Or some something like that. Yes. Only it's a quite to the contrary with a fight. <laughs> you There will be categories and you will be competing in the talent round, the evening gown round, and finally the interview component. No I, bathing suit component. Well, I do imagine that the bathing suits of the appropriate era would include boots and lots of bows and... Yeah. Frills and... The bathing suits of the area would pretty much almost look like a dress of the era. Yeah. Except slightly fewer layers of skirt. Yeah. And maybe slightly so, shorter. Like, oh my god, exposing your knees. Yes. So I I don't think it would be appropriate for a lady of high society to be exposing herself in such things for a pageant. Now I'm imagining a steampunk bikini. There are plenty of them. Two that cogs are... right there. Leia was halfway there in Star Wars. So. <laughs> so anyways, if you feel that you are the steamy lady that they are looking for, and you are going to be at World Steam Expo, you know where to go to sign up for it. Good luck to everybody who enters. I am so going to look forward to seeing the, the uh, shots from this pageant. Yeah. After that, afterwards, I'm going to have to look for pictures because I want to see it. I don't know. It doesn't say... There's nothing that says, like, you know, first annual, third annual, anything like that. So I don't know if they've done it before. This actually, I believe, is the inaugural for the pageant. Yeah. N I don't know Because about... it doesn't say, like, second annual, I would assume it's the first. Yes. For that specific pageant. I yeah. don't know if other places have done it. But I definitely can't wait to see pictures. And actually, another bit of movie news. Earlier tonight, we were looking at... I can't remember what, but... Oh, there was an article about, apparently, like, a group of journalists got to see the first 30 minutes of Brave. And apparently, there was a big, there was a big round of... Aww. When the footage which, cut off. Which is a good sign. Yeah. But actually, in the comments, someone linked to the Japanese trailer for Brave, which you can find on YouTube. Just put in Brave Japanese trailer in the search box, and it should come up. And there was a lot yeah. of stuff in the Japanese trailer that has not been in any trailer in North America. There was a lot of story. Yeah, there was a lot of footage we have not seen. Like, most of the footage was different. Yeah. And... There's a lot of story that they explain that is completely different. The first time we're... Or at least that is completely new. That yeah, I haven't seen it was the anymore. first time we'd heard of a lot of different characters or choices or yeah. voices and concepts that 
just haven't been explored in any of the trailers released yeah, in the United like States. Yeah, a witch and... A prince. Yeah, and or well... There was a prince. was a prince at one point who, like, apparently broke the... The laws Love of the, the forest. forest, or something like that, and it, with dark magic, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and Merida screws something up and has to fix it to save her kingdom. And yeah, we we've heard two two things so far. We've heard that she has to set a curse right, and we've heard that she wants to be her own person and not be forced to wed. Yeah, but and we haven't like, been told like, how the two work together. Well, it looks like she goes. Well, the <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean before, I mean before we saw this bit, this Japanese trailer. Okay, we haven't been told how the two fit together. Yeah, I don't really remember hearing too much about a curse or whatever, but it's been very sparse. It's mostly yeah. been about Merida herself. Yeah, her character. This Japanese trailer actually shows her. And it looks like she's going in search of someone, like a witch or a wise woman or somebody yeah. like that. I think they called her, well, they called her a witch. Yes, the they trailer. called her a witch. At least in the translation. There's an English translation underneath. And she asks for something, and that's when all <laughs> chaos starts happening, and her mother starts explaining how the law of the forest was broken before. Yeah. And how... Because the law of the forest has been broken, it's all out war between the between the clans. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that makes more sense about how there's a curse and stuff. Yeah, it it give, much gives you a much better understanding of the the actual story, like the actual plot. I mean, the story is about you know Merida discovering who she is and except everything like that. But this gives you an idea of like how that happens, right? Which I really hope they show a version of this trailer sometime soon in because, North America. Because oh my god, it's got so much delicious info to reel you in. Yeah. And I'm wondering like I know a lot of people are going to see it because it's Pixar, which is not a problem. Yeah. It's like I hear Pixar's making a movie, I am going to it. But I'm I do kind of wonder, I do want them to release both just so that there's no chance that it can be like this is a really awesome movie but they didn't do the right trailer for it. <laughs> Mm. to show you what it's about like the most recent you know big geek flop john carter oh my gosh <laughs> which i remember like a few weeks ago or a couple months ago actually i remember seeing the trailer for it in movie theaters and being like what okay whatevs not interested and then i remember seeing a trailer that someone had created from trailer footage and stuff that had been released but they had re-edited it right so you actually got an idea of the story. Uh-huh. And the trailer, and it was actually on, like, io9 or the Mary Sue or something like that, with the headline, this is the trailer Disney should have used. Because it gives you a much better idea of what it's about and therefore pulls you in more. Right. And I still wasn't hugely interested in seeing it, but I'm like, this definitely gives me a much better idea of what this movie is. So hopefully they will release something for the for Brave in North America with some of this story stuff added to it. So okay. it gives you a much better idea. It gives a potential audience a much better idea of what the movie is actually about and hopefully draws them in more. Especially because this is Pixar's first female lead character. And there is sort of that... I don't know I don't know if it's somewhat something of a chicken and the egg sort of thing, but there is a sense that either, you know, boys don't... Go to girl books, movies. Read books, go to, go to movies that have female leads... Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a result or if that's the instigation. Like, I don't know if, it, or, and, or the, or movie studios don't think that, again, movies or books or publishers don't think that books 
with female leads are as attractive to boys mm. or guys. So it would be in interesting to find out the um, statistics around Rapunzel Tangled recently released. Yeah, I seem to remember seeing something where someone had said, you know, it didn't maybe didn't do as well as some others. I'm thinking of the demographic. Yeah, yeah the demographic that went to see it. I don't know. Anyways. And speaking of videos online, uh, collegehumor.com has done a video of what Doctor Who might look like as an old school 16-bit video game. This was really cool. <laughs> Guys, this is really good. It's not entirely serious either. No. No, not at all. Like, they, they mention certain... They show certain events in Doctor Who and then have one of the dialogue options you can select for this for a character is like wait how did this happen and then it's like time travel basically sort of showing up like when when a character actually says wait a minute how does this make sense and then it's like it's time travel it's magic <laughs> blink don't blink <laughs> that was the best. Against you have to the go angel. through each character when they're facing the weeping angel and yeah. it says blink or don't blink, and you have to select one. The last one, you accidentally select blink, and it's like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, it said bollocks. Dead. Bollocks. Dead. So it's really cute. You definitely want to check it out if you're a Doctor Who fan. Or even if you're a fan of, like, if you know a little bit about Doctor Who and are of the generation that remembers the 16-bit like, so Super freaking Nintendo cute. games. It's so freaking cute. <laughs> and seeing that it's Easter, if you head over to the Mary Sue and do a search for geeky Easter eggs, mm -hmm. you will see there was a zombie Easter egg. There was a Dalek and TARDIS oh Easter egg. Oh my gosh, egg. and there was, there was a really well-done Dalek. A nice yes. one. Yes. The silvery one? Yes. That was really well done. There are superhero Easter eggs. Yes. I love the little Captain America with the little, because he had little paper flags sticking up off of his, yes. off of his egg. Battlestar Galactica Easter eggs. Star Wars with a Darth Maul that looks kind of painful. Super oh. Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers was very well done. Yeah, they're really well done. The characters are really well expressed. There's even one that's shaped or that has the design of the original NES controller. There's Bender in silver. Portal. Portal. Anyways, there we go. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of Easter eggs on there. And just as a quick note, I know I mentioned before about Leonard Nimoy guest starring on The Big Bang Theory. And turns out he didn't he wasn't actually seen, he was only heard, because it was his voice in a dream sequence with Sheldon. However, there's another person who has been on the producers... Apparently they have a list of yes. people that they wish would be on yeah. the show. And Stephen Hawking's actually showed up and was there and <laughs> in one of the episodes. And that I did see, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Sheldon... Let's put it this way, without, without going into full spoilers, Sheldon faints. And for good reason. And for very good reason. So, fan of the show, haven't seen it? Go ahead, Google it, YouTube it, whatever the heck. Stephen Hawking's Big Bang Theory, it's it's quite a good chuckle. And then finally we have something which, for some of you, may may verge into craving, craving scuffets and crushes. Apparently, the Home Shopping Network has a collaboration with the makers of Snow White and the Huntsman. This is a little bit of WTF. Brought to you by the Home Shopping Network. So, apparently, they've partnered to bring jewelry and even clothes from the movie or are strongly inspired by the movie. It says, All goods will be sold on the Home Shopping Network from May 30th for 24 hours only. I don't know if it... Well, they're only going to sell it for 24 hours. So I don't know if they're going to be all 
Snow White and the Huntsman all day. But once they actually air that, once they put it up on the website or air that segment, it's only available for the following wait, 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 hours. Wait, wait, wait. When do they say? May something? May 30th. And Snow White and the Huntsman actually comes into theaters the very next day. June yeah. 1st, right? I think so, yeah. There's a few pictures up at io9.com. There's... But they're mostly trinkety things. Yeah, it's... There's like... I'm looking at the pictures now and there's... Well, it's a home shopping network, dude. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> the first picture is of, like, a candle inside an apple mm-hmm. with a lid, and they're, like, sparkly or shimmery-looking apples. There's a gold and a silver one. There's these sort of leather cuffs with an iron cross. Is that motif called? I'm not 100% sure, actually. Think of it. There's also, there's a, what looks like a brooch that looks like a, a fern branch. You know, again, brooches that look like butterflies sort of things. There's a necklace that looks like, I think I remember seeing the queen wearing something yes, like I it. Yes, I it is looking sort it, of like some of her stuff. It looks very menacing, I'll, yeah. I'll admit. It also looks rather uncomfortable, admittedly, because it's more like a collar with... Well, so did a lot of her stuff. stuff. Yeah. So it should be interesting to see what the merchandising is. I, no, I was kind of expecting... Ah, uh, Noble Collection. I went to Noble Collection wondering, I wonder if they've done anything with any of the movies that have been released of late, but... Not really. Not really. I will admit that in the past, I remember when Moulin Rouge came out. It turned the whole fashion industry on its ear, and I remember all the department stores were coming out with very sexy sort of corset-like attire. So, who knows? Maybe sci-fi, fantasy, maybe the summer fantasy blockbusters will... If we get something that's super huge. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Though thinking of merchandising and things being super huge... When I was at Titanic 3D, I couldn't help but think of, like, back when the movie came out, you could get those, like, little, they're basically, like, plastic Heart oh of the my Ocean God. necklaces. Oh, Heart of the Oceans, yeah. And the other thing, reason I was thinking of that was because, like, looking, I was looking at the people that were going in, I went to, like, a 315 showing. I went to the first showing that they were offering on the first day. Right. And, like, looking at some of the people that were there, and then looking at some of the people who were in line for the 745 showing when I came out, I was like, how old are these people? Were they alive? Not even, they were alive when the movie first came out, but were they even old enough to, to see go it? it? Have they actually even seen this movie, like, at all? It was kind of surreal, and then I felt old. Honey, don't talk about being old. I'm older than you. Yes, well, when you get older, the, the amount of age between us is not as big as the amount of age between, like, me and some of the people that were going to the movie mm, and other okay. things that make me feel old so furthering our spend thrifty ways my cravings covets and crushes this week that i literally just stumbled upon at thinkgeek.com which is a place where all things are fantastic under let's see home to t-shirts and apparel to jewelry or tech jewelry very first item at least for today is captain jules's extraordinary telescope ring it is a steampunk ring for $24.99 that sort of unfolds itself to function as a true telescope or magnifying glass i think it's cool yes i think it's actually really super cool <laughs> i kind of want one i have no idea what i'd use it for yeah i don't know how often i'd need a telescope but it would still be awesome yeah it'd be fun yeah it's cast metal and actually the larger lens can be used as a magnifying glass oh and it has a compass yeah and the body a compass in the middle ah, I didn't see so that. used as a magnifying glass it could be more useful as well it comes in a nifty little metal tin too by the looks of it yeah, it's lightweight cast aluminum, so it's metal, but it shouldn't be too heavy to wear. And it's finished with, it's given sort of a bronze finish with a rubbed black patina. And there's attachments that 
will adjust the ring so it will fit various sizes. <laughs> Mom, want it? Yeah, very first comment. <laughs> I need this for reasons. <laughs> I gotta remember that. The next time somebody asks me in the office, why are you doing this? For reasons. But I think it's pretty darn neat. Okay, so what it does, okay, when it unfolds, it unfolds across. If you make a fist, it unfolds the cro- across the top of your... Your knuckles, basically. Your knuckles. So you basically hold it, if you make a fist... You put your thumb against your, the knuckle of your thumb against your nose, and you would sight down your fist, yeah. down your knuckles, through the telescope. Telescope. I didn't, my brain hadn't worked out how you unfold it, and then what, how you how have to hold it. How you use it. Yeah, how you have to hold it, too. I like it. I and like it. And if you know it. someone who's, like, into steampunky stuff, but needs a magnifying glass to see, to read things occasionally, then it's a good, it might be a good idea, because you can use the big one as a magnifying glass. I like it a lot. Okay. So there you go. And then something I just found tonight, courtesy of someone on my plurky list, is the rivulet bolero or shrug. And basically it's a collared shrug that you can wear a couple different ways and you can knit it a couple different ways. The top picture for the actual design shows it as having this collar, which is sort of attached to the top of the shoulders, but there's a gap between sort of the collarbone and the cleavage. Think of the boob window on certain superheroes. Yeah. Except this looks more classy. And it's closed, in this case, it's closed with a button and a ribbon. Mm -hmm. And it's got this really neat sort of, the the front is actually sort of a fan shape. Yeah. Two fronts. So it has this neat sort of swooping curve to the front where you button it up. And actually the person who posted it said this need someone needs to take a picture of this with a steampunky outfit. Yeah. Because it would look really cool. Steampunk. But then there's also other ways you can wear it. I can see ones where people haven't have done a slightly different collar or haven't don't have the collar done up and it's just sort of folded down at the back. There's one here where someone's used one button instead of four and it's more more like an asymmetrical sort of shrug. Oh, I see. Same thing with a shawl pin. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Yeah. I kind of like it with the multiple buttons going down, though. It looks really neat. Yeah, it does. It's a bit... Sh- I, that sort of style wouldn't look terribly good on me, because it would be cutting down right over to the first part of the top of the flab. <laughs> it's probably it's not a good place to cut my body. But anyways, for... But- it it's a very interesting pattern, but for, it would look for, for a, people for to a look lot at. of different shapes, especially someone who has slightly more of an hourglass. Hmm. Like I can see, even it goes up to bus size uh, forty four to fifty, and even so, so even someone who was bigger but had more of an hourglass figure or different sort of proportion than I would would probably look really good in it. And it has a sort of cable detail too that goes. So it's all it's not just bars. stocking that it's it's actually no. patterned in there. Yeah, it's cable and reverse stocking stitch. Neat. And it looks really cool. And the, the collar is very high and folds down. It looks really cool. And let's see, it takes Aaron Weight Yarn, and you can buy it from Ravelry. Oh, and I should mention, duh, it's by Andrea Marquis. It's published in the Topography Collection from Yule, or Jule Designs, J-U-L. And there's a few different projects of it done already, so you can see alternate pictures of it. And it says, it can be worn with negative or positive ease. Each size fits a wide range of people. Because of the stretchy stitch pattern. You can also get a kit for it. It's actually, the pattern is available in print. It gives you a link where you can pre-order the pattern or where you can get the kit online. Or you can ask your local yarn store to get it in for you. And actually, if you click on the link, it'll take you to dreamweaveryarns.com where you can get the pattern for $7.50 or the kit for $120 American. But that does look really neat. I kind of want, now I kind of want to do like a, a cardigan or something with that same sort of curve detail, but goes longer. So maybe you'd have to start it a little further over and then swoop down. Sure. 
like more to the right or left of the boob. You can design one. I'm not sure if I'm up to designing cur- something with curved shapes like that just yet. You can do it. I think I've seen a couple patterns that sort of look that way though. So, but yes, I would really love to see that with a steampunk dress. Maybe a brass and leather crown. Yes. Yes. I have actually seen somewhere, I remember seeing it on someone's blog once, and then there's, I think there's a couple patterns that kind of use this technique in Ravelry, where you can knit yourself a wire crown Mm -hmm. using a lace edging. Interesting. So you knit it with what, you knit a lace edging with wire, and especially one that has like little peaks on it, knit it. And then join it together, and you can use beads as well. Put beads in there to make jewels and stuff. And you have yourself a knitted crown. You do. Technically, I looked at that and I was like, I want to do that. I just haven't actually done it. Okay, guys. I think that's all for us today. Yep, time to go get more chocolate. Oh, chocolate. There's way too much sugar bouncing around this house. Yes. Way too much. We're going to be on a sugar high for the next week. Or something. And the crash is going to be terrible. I've been drinking a lot of water trying to prepare myself. (laughs) All right, guys. Anyways, uh, we hope that the Easter Bunny was good for good for you, to you, with you. Something. <laughs> we hope the Easter Bunny, Easter Bunny was good to you. I hope other listeners had a great Passover. Yep. And other people just enjoyed the long weekend. Yes, all of the above. So we'll see you next week. Have a good week, guys. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. That's K N I T one. G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash Knit One Geek 2. Have a good week, everybody. From the middle of a pile of foil wrappers. Yes. It's like we might get <laughs> Easter Bunny in here or something. Okay. That might end up in outtakes. Oh yeah, I forgot we were recording. (laughs) Only the finest black man material.